The Lament of a Trophy Husband by Walter Bowne, first published on their short humor site. I was under no illusions that my wife married me for my looks and my body. When pressed, she claimed it was also for my laugh, but that was mere courtesy. Did it matter that I also read Cicero and Aristotle? Sadly, such erudition didn't turn her on like my finely carved donk and chiseled physique. In the beginning, some 20 years ago, I was mere eye candy, an object of pleasure. If it made my wife happy to instruct me while merely walking across the room for a glass of water, to re-enter the room, this time in a tight white t-shirt and tight red boxers, I complied with pride. A happy wife is a happy husband, right? Then one night, as an impulse, I surprised her in book boxers, a fine, comfy cotton blend. I had hoped to fuse two passions into one, books and sex. But she didn't want to think Tolstoy while seducing me. Instead, she selected a delicate piece, black silk, cut short in the back and tight in the front. I felt so exposed in those, but what could I say? As Shakespeare says, being your slave, what could I do but tend upon hours and times of your desire? It did not embarrass me then, in the slightest, when she said my body, my booty, could have been carved by Michelangelo. She paraded me in front of friends at block parties and church functions to show off her prize. She dressed me in bow ties for after-work socials and for family gatherings, leisure attire from Brooks Brothers. I knew how to play the part. I was the spotlight, my wife the one on stage. I knew my function. I knew my role. A spotlight, after all, may dream of reversing the roles, but for 20 years, I must say, I had been mostly happy shining the light as her trophy husband. A great-looking guy, witty on command, well-dressed, and well-coiffed. But did anyone ask my opinion on Hamilton's Federalist Papers? Or my latest insight into the Middle East debacle? Or comment on the latest Booker Prize? Sure, I made other ladies of the neighborhood teas and book clubs and charity bennies salivate in jealousy. However, if I seemed too friendly or too engaged with another woman, my wife would come up from behind, kiss my neck, grab me from behind, and say, Isn't he just marvelous? A stud can make any woman appear like a runway model. But I've learned that a stud possessed has no control. Shopping on my own was verboten, especially after the travesty with the book boxers. Fitted shirts are not my style, but that's what she wanted. So I had to stay so toned. Planks at the local gym, 100 push-ups in the morning. Every afternoon, I stair-mastered my way up the Eiffel Tower. She enrolled me in pop physique, a regimen of porn stars for fitness. Really? Did I want this? Didn't I have better things to do with my time? Like translate Goethe? I could never contemplate a muffin while feeling like the top of a muffin. She would walk through men's warehouse, grab ten outfits, and I would strut before her like a peacock proud. But pride diminishes the soul, does it not? I must say, however, that her tastes are exquisite, and I have been very, very, very good for her career. Anyone who could land a stud like me needs to be doing something right. The money is no problem, but I'm 45 now, and a midlife crisis has descended like some parody of proof rock. I started finding and plucking tiny gray hairs on my chest, and I'm beginning to think she's been eyeing up the younger guys. 
ones in their early 30s. Or could it be just my imagination? I can't even trim the hair on my chest without her complaining of depriving her of her teddy bear man. Why can't I just be a man? Why must I be a bear? I haven't complained openly about the sex, but lately I don't think I even matter. In the midst of passion, I vanish. I could just be some really great-looking guy. When she's taking command or giving commands, I'm thinking, can we just discuss whether Kant was correct in his dismissal of pure reason? It's hard, too, on our kids, which I haven't mentioned because I don't think my daughters respect me as an intelligent human being with dreams and aspirations of his own. What type of model am I as a father, other than an exceptionally good-looking one? I have been told that I'm a cross between Ewan McGregor and Kenneth Branagh and Liam Neeson. All British, yes, but alas, I'm solidly from South Jersey. No longer do I want to be a mere, a mere plaything, an indestructible chewy to, uh, chew, uh, chew, uh, chew toy for a ravenous, insatiable cat. After all, does a hunk of man meat even have a brain? But I do have a brain. And I also have eyes. And like I said, I've been noticing her looking at younger males, especially at the gym and at Starbucks and at Target. Guys in their 20s have it easy. God, how I envy their youth. I knew I had to keep up with my healthy regimen of high fiber, what I used to call roughage and beta carotene and tummy crunches whenever an available moment arises, like waiting for tea to boil for my green tea expulsion. With gravity, it's so much harder now to keep toned and ravishing. The pressures are enormous, yes, but does anyone care? That trophy on the mantle, after all, without polishing will rust. A man's bloom is transitory. Wasn't it Keats who said, the flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying? And that's what I feel like right now, dying in a finely furnished prison. I want to express my feelings. I'm tired of being a kept man. There is more to life, I would imagine, than playing golf, racquetball at the club, and long drives up the coast in my convertible. There has to be more to life than this mere obsession, pleasure obsession, with the madness of staying fit and young and sexy. Oh, there must be more than all of that, even if the dish is fine porcelain. Life is more than a delectable dish of glistening cherries.